What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to your source for fantasy hockey news. It's the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. And we got breakdowns, bets, and all of the takeaways from last night's action ready to ride on Wednesday's episode. Let's get right to it. Your Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? And welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm back, baby. The dynamic duo is whole once again and just in time for another jam-packed board of NHL playoff action. I'm fired up to be back, and thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Steel, thanks for holding me down the last <laughs> couple of days, brother. I've been appreciating these solo episodes, keeping me up to date on all this news while I'm overseas. Even though I am overseas, though, I'm not sleeping on this news. We're talking wild stars, wild on the brink. We got the Islanders lasting another game. Edmonton exploding for six goals. We got some questionable plays here. Kale McCarr, Marcus Felino. Let's get into it. Let's dive into I know the series that other than this Leafs one, hey, I don't hear people talking now. <laughs> Minnesota, Dallas getting spicy. Hit me with what you're seeing from that hit from Felino. Yeah, I'm very invested in this game. And sim simple enough, the Minnesota Wild were just awful the entire game. And that was the mm -hmm. turning point, the Marcus Felino five-minute major penalty. And we will get to the Marcus Felino hit and what you and I both think, because I would really like your take mm -hmm. on the hit itself as well. But simply enough, they were the Minnesota Wild were just awful all game long, right from the get-go. And like I said, the Felino five-minute major was a turning point for them. They were lucky to get off that with only one goal against in the, in the game. But that's what that's what this entire series and entire regular season for the Minnesota Wild has been like, consistently taking penalties every single game so far this series. And the Dallas Stars are just executing their, their game plan flawlessly on the yeah. man advantage. And that's what we've seen so far. Like three or four times they've scored on the power play within the first 10 seconds of it. And, and that's what's hurting the Minnesota Wild. Very poor penalties and sloppy sticks just – you know, waving them high sticks and, and, and interferences. And, you know, the Wild are one of the worst and most penalized teams this regular season. And the Dallas Stars knew that coming into this series. So they, they're smart. They're taking full advantage. They're getting the calls. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to blame – I don't want to blame officiating. Uh -oh. The officiating has been very bad. To me, this has been the worst officiating out of any playoff series. For both teams, though, the Dallas Stars are getting not getting uh, – they're getting – uh, they're not getting some calls and so are the and so are the Minnesota Wild. It goes both ways, but it's the officiating has just been super inconsistent. And, and, and simply simply enough, the Minnesota Wild just didn't have it in Game Five. They it was a, it's a very tough ask. Uh, you know, short Joel Erickson at the entire series. Good point. And the fact that again, it just seems like Kaprizov and Boldy have complete completely disappeared this postseason, which is very very disappointing disappointing in Gustafson as well he wasn't as sharp as usual he didn't mm. look comfortable in the crease he wasn't bad but he wasn't great either um and then going the other way uh for the Dallas Stars the the, the elevation that Tyler Sagan has brought into this series Thank since you. Joe Pavelski has has you know suffered that head injury 
Tyler Sagan's on another level right now, and that's mm-hmm. what they needed. That's what I was saying before is of that at the time, the third line of the stars was going to be an X factor, and Tyler Sagan's one of those X factors. In the absence of Pavelski, he's got four goals, five points. Mm-hmm. But again, the mo- the two most defining factors instead of Tyler Sagan, or apart from Tyler Sagan, is A, Jake Ottinger. The, kid is, the kid's top five in the league, debatably top three in the league at this point. Agreed. He, has solidified himself that he it doesn't like that last year's playoffs was not a fluke. Mm-hmm. He is the real deer, the real deal, and he is here to to win a cup for the Dallas Stars. So that's a nine twenty five percent, nine twenty five save percentage in Game Five. And number B or number two, Rupe Hints eleven points, seven power Beast. play goal, a uh, seven power play points, even one short handed goal as well. He's doing it all for the Dallas Stars. So even though I don't think uh it's been great officiating the series it, to me it's been right up probably uh right up there with the edmonton oilers king series at the top mm-hmm. in the nhl so far this playoff season i've really loved every single game so far but i can tell yeah it's just the game five has just game five simply enough the minnesota minnesota wild just did not show up there's a lot to unpack with what you just said and i can tell you're very close to this series because you're a little bit fired up here and i understand that's a frustrating game to watch if you're a minnesota it's very wild fan that's a frustrating one. And I think I'd like to start with what you mentioned about Boldy and Kaprizov. And I think this Minnesota Wild team, we've known what their Achilles heel and we know what their strength has been over the last couple of years. Stingy defense, good special teams, getting timely goals because they don't have a ton of offense. And we know they got their superstar in Kaprizov. And I think a lot of people expected maybe them to take that step this year, especially with Gustafson in the mix. And I think I'm just really disappointed in Kaprizov and Boldy. And I know maybe not so much Boldy because he is not as established in the NHL. But I think at the end of the day, Steele, you mentioned the penalties. Sometimes whatever you want to say about officiating in the NHL it can be a little up and down. And then you couple that with your two stars offensively struggling and you throw in the last caveat that you mentioned. And I totally agree with Jake Ottinger being in the top five and he keeps playing this way. He will be right in that mix with Vasilevsky and Sorokin. In my opinion, we're going to get to Ilya in a little bit and we're going to get to this Felino hit, but I want to leave it with this, with what I've seen from the Minnesota Wild. Somebody's got to step up offensively. Penalties are penalties, but someone's got to take the reins and bury a timely goal here or there. I really do think uh, the last game when they got shut out, if they even popped one, it could have changed the tide of the game at certain points. So I think this is down to it now. Kaprizov's got to step up. And and that's exactly what we saw in the the game for the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were down 4-1, and once they got that second goal, the floodgates just opened. And that's what I heard all game long. If they can just get one past Jake Ottinger, it will start to creep in. It will creep in and creep in until uh, it's too overwhelming for the defensive group of the Dallas Stars and Jake Ottinger. But they just couldn't get one by him. He's too solid. He's a brick wall right Mm -hmm. now. He At that game, he was unbeatable. Uh, and again, the last just, two games, he's been really good simple, because yeah, I think simple. was it games three and four, he let in a couple of softies. Yeah, he let a couple of ones, and that's the thing. You just got to keep putting pucks on net, get in the grill, mm-hmm. and, and make it very uncomfortable for yes. him. And that they just weren't able to do that in game five. I do want to say as well, you know, again, it would be very nice for Kaprizov and Bully to show up at some point. But I think, and I don't want to use this as a cop-out answer either, but Uh I think the fact that Joel Erickson-Eck is not in the lineup right now is a huge part of it because he's the guy 
that Everson uses to match up with other lines. He's yeah. the best in the defensive zone. Yeah, He's he able to grind offensively. Space. He creates that space for them. And mm-hmm. without him, you know, you've got Ryan Hartman, you've got Sam Steele. It's just not quite the same depth. Uh, Hartman's still battling injury, no? Exactly. And yeah. Ryan Hartman's battling injury. So it's it's a little sour right now for the um for the Minnesota Wild and all their fans, including myself. But yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should uh do you want to get to this? Let's talk Felino. Let's talk Felino. Five-minute major. So, yeah, you just watched that five-minute major clip. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was absolutely furious with the call. Unbelievable. Again, that's just, again, to me, blatant, terrible officiating in this this series. And, again, it it wasn't a five-minute major. Uh, You look at the replay very clearly. Did not extend the leg whatsoever. He went in a straight line. And you can literally see... Roddick Foxa turn his body and leave it open. And once he did that, there was no, there was no way they were going to connect on the upper half of their bodies. It was going to be all lower body because he opened opened himself up. So I love the fact that they called it a five-minute major so they could review the play because that's what they've done so far the entire postseason. They've done it more this postseason than the last like two decades, I think. <laughs> uh, and I so I love the fact that they're calling the five minute majors so they can review the play, but at least get the call right. Like I don't mm-hmm. understand. I'm mean, like Kale McCarr compl- blatantly threw Jared McCann into the boards. Puck was long gone. The play was over, and he mm-hmm. blatantly smashed him into the boards. And they called it a five minute major. They reviewed it and they reduced it to a two minute two. minor, but still got suspended yeah. for one game. Now. I don't understand how you can that how that is a blatant <laughs> interference. You get two minutes and then get suspended after the game's over. And then now mm. Marcus Felino, he just gets tossed out right away. And he's he's probably gonna be fine to come back for next game. Like they're he's gonna have a you know a, a mm. Zoom call or an on-call interview about the hit, and he's probably gonna be okay for next game. So I don't understand the consistency with the suspensions and the officiating, but to me, it was it was it was a two-minute minor. It wasn't uh, it wasn't interference. It wasn't a headshot. It was a tripping, but it wasn't knee on knee. So that's just my take. Yeah, no, and I think your point about the reviewing of the penalties is interesting because I don't think I think that's just more of a recent thing that they've brought in assessing those five. Yes, because majors. of the Pavelski thing from five years ago. So it's you know it's something that I think is actually helping official officials getting it right. Are they still doing that? That's another question. We're going to talk about big time bets at the end of the show. I want to get to more of the Felino take right after the break. We're going to also talk Kings, Oilers, Islanders, Hurricanes. But you know we got to pay these bills, baby. And I'm not disagreeing with you, Steele. I'm going to hit you with my take right after the break. I love how fired up you are, and I can tell you're a bit cheesed as well. (laughs) And I appreciate that. Today's episode, my friends, is brought to you by Game Time. You don't want to be stressed out when you're buying tickets for your favorite events, and it can be stressful, but with game time, it's fast and easy to buy tickets for all your favorite events from sports to music and comedy and theater, all close to you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and get hyped for all the fun you should be having. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, and concerts all on the game time app 
Game time guarantee means you get the best price. You find the tickets in the same section or the same row for less, and Game Time will credit you 100% of the difference. Make sure you snag your tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NHL for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you go check out Seth Tupal of Locked On Wild mm. and Dane Lewis of Locked On Stars. You'll get all the breakdown of every single game, the entire series, as it goes back to XL Energy Center in Minnesota for Game 6 with the series on the line. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe elimination for the wild crossing my fingers. It doesn't happen that way. Flip Marcus Foligno. Yes. You think he gets suspended? Like, do you think that's a suspension worthy hit? I think your analysis of FAXA turning his body is something that they're going to have to consider. They have to, they have to, but here's the thing with the NHL and the department of player safety. I've been covering the NHL now for seven years closely And there hasn't been many times that the Department of Player Safety has gotten something spot on right. It's been up and down with their assessments and their handing out of discipline. So that's number one. And number two, what comes into play here is who are we looking at? You have Kale McCarr, the darling of the NHL right now, Mm -hmm. the face of the future of the NHL. And then you have Marcus Foligno, a guy who has a little bit of a track record. I'm pretty sure he's been suspended once or twice in his career. And he's got that little bit of a goon edge. Is it right? No. But does it affect the officials on the ice? Of course it does. You just made a great point. Kale McCarr dummies McCann in the corner and they reduce it to two minutes. He still gets suspended for one game. What's going on here? And then mm-hmm. Felino, I watched the play. The puck is bouncing around. So it's there. It's not a late hit. He has, does he have possession? No, but it's right there and you're fighting for the puck. So in terms of the timing of the hit, I, it's clean. With him turning the body, it looks, he's a big guy. So it almost looks like his knee is out, but I don't think it was. And again, Steele, I think it's just the narrative of who's hitting who here. If yeah. that's Della Andrea or someone else hitting uh, hitting Felino, I don't even think we're talking about it because it's not Marcus Felino throwing his big frame around. So I'm going to say he's going to get fined. I don't know if he should get fined, but I don't think he should be suspended. And I don't think it's a dirty hit, in my opinion. I, I don't think he gets suspended. He'll probably get fined, you know, obviously because it's a five-minute major and he got tossed, but uh, they'll, they'll, they'll have to do something to, you know, a little slap on the wrist, show some sort of punishment. I don't think he gets suspended. I forgot to mention this. Like, like it, it wasn't a five-minute major, but at the same time, if you if, if anyone's been watching the, se- the series very closely, again, the officiating has been awful. So many non-calls and just bad calls in <laughs> general. But at the same time, Marcus Foligno needs to be aware of the situation that he's in with these mm. officials and this series because he got called in game four twice that should not have been penalties whatsoever because he was a physical part of the game. And that's what the refs were looking for again in, in game five uh, with Marcus Foligno. And it happened early for them. So I don't think it was I don't think it was a penalty. I hope he doesn't get suspended. Mm. But maybe we should move on to the rest we of should. the series because we were talking about that one for yeah. very, very long. We knew that was going to happen, though. We'll get to the Kings and Oilers. We will get to big-time bets. But first, Mm. the Islanders. The New Mm -hmm. York Islanders are holding on for dear life right now. They secure 
a win on the road. Only the second loss in the last 12 home games for the Hurricanes. A very surprising mm. stat. They are incredible. Mm -hmm. They were very incredible at home, but terrible on the road. And I mentioned this in the in the last episode. I didn't. I don't think the Islanders are done quite yet. They were so close in games one and two to even take one of those games from the mm -hmm. Hurricanes. So I knew they had it in them to win this game, and that's exactly what they went out and did. Their power play still sucks, but their yes. penalty key was their penalty kill was absolutely perfect. It's mm. been pretty great so far this series. Uh, did, were you able to catch the highlights? Uh, you check out of some of those goals? Of course, sir. And what's hilarious is, and you know, you and I both, I think, had Islanders in seven. So we'll take that for the prediction side of things. But what's playing out is exact. Hey, some of these series have been a little unpredictable. I think that's fair to say. It's gone up and down. There's been some great hockey. I don't think anyone predicted the Toronto Maple Leafs would be taking two games in, in Tampa Bay. Some yeah. things are really starting to kind of get exciting here, Steele, depending on which fan base you're a part of. <laughs> but in this series, I think we're seeing exactly what we expected to see. Yes. Sebastian Ajo has to lead the team. He's doing that offensively. The rest of the team is struggling offensively. That's mm -hmm. burning the Hurricanes. And look what's happening on the other side. Exactly what we expected. Stingy defensive play means the Islanders win. That's their only way. And riding our boy Sorokin. And in his two victories in this series, Steel, 968 save percentage in Game 3. 944 save percentage in Game 5. And he is going to need to do that to even consider... Carolina losing here in game six, but you mentioned it. Now you're going back to Long Island. They've struggled a little on the road. Sorokin is Sorokin. You know, I struggle with that one is <laughs> in their heads now, Steele. And this is what yeah. happens. If you can't get your offense rolling. And I know the Islanders are struggling. They have the yeah. better goaltender and they can steal this series. They, they need at least at least one goal on special teams on the power play. Yeah. If they continue to go 0 for 3 or 0 for, you know, 0 for 0, mm. 0 for 1, mm. then it, it's just not going to work out. But I do think this goes seven games, and I think the Islanders actually take it in Ooh. seven. Um, but just looking at what happened in game five, like, again, I'm talking about quantity over quality. Right. Uh, and and it, that's not what the Islanders did, but they still got the win. The Hurricanes outshot the Islanders 36 to 22. Mm -hmm. The Islanders still won. But I looked at the blocks. The Islanders outblocked the Hurricanes 22 to 4. Wow. So, right there, those two numbers just show me the quantity of shot attempts mm. that the Hurricanes continue to press on Sororkin and the Islanders every single game. Mm -hmm. The Islanders were able to get out of this one with the quality chances and taking, taking, uh, you know, capitalizing on those quality chances, but they didn't have quantity. They didn't have enough shots. They were able mm. to get the win with those quality and, and really, yeah. Every they just needed a little bit of everything in this game. You know, they got some depth scoring. Pierre Engvall got them started. First time they had a lead in this series as well. True. They got some star, they got some star scoring. Matt Barzell gets the game winner. Mm -hmm. And they got great goaltending. Sorokin 944 save percentage. So to yeah. me, they needed a little bit of everything. They got a little bit of everything. Now they're heading back to Long Island to for a chance to uh tie this series up at three apiece. Two points for your boy Engvall, and I think he's going to be a mm -hmm. sneaky fantasy target for this upcoming draft. Make sure you keep it tapped to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast all summer long. Steele and I are going to have all that draft content ready to go. But back to this game quickly, Steele, before we move on to the Kings and Oilers and big-time bets for Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to need to see a little bit more from the blue line of the Hurricanes. We They led the league this year in points from their blue line. 
no points from the blue line in game five. That can't happen for a team that needs the offense from the blue line. The mm -hmm. blue line runs dry offensively. This team doesn't have enough firepower up front with those injuries that we know we've talked about at length with Pacioretty and Svechnikov and the lack of balance on the bottom six. They need that blue line to produce. Burns had been doing it and had been playing amazing. No points from Burns. That hurts, but... Where do you want to go? You you ready to go over this Kings? That, well, that's what? the last the last that's the last thing I wanted to say about that series. But we got to show some love to the offensive group of the Hurricanes because without Patch Ready, without Svechnikov, and without mm. now Tivo Teravine, and right. they're still up three two in the series, and they've been able to True. get it done. So I have to show a little bit of love to those guys. But I, I'm with you mm. on the blue line when you've got Brent Burns and you acquire Shane Gosh-Spare, mm. and the guys that can move the puck and shoot the puck. Mm -hmm. They need to be chipping in every single game. So I'm there. I'm right there with you with the defensive group. Appreciate maybe, that. hey, maybe we see first time Frederick Anderson in the postseason up for game six. Who knows? Whoa. Could happen. Good. Could happen. Let's go over to the let's get over to the uh LA Kings and the Edmonton Oilers game five, though, right after mm -hmm. this. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Don't forget, we are free and available on your favorite podcast platform, including YouTube. So make sure you hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. We appreciate all the love, all the support you show us every single day. And we're going to get to big time bets, of course, obviously, where the mm -hmm. money is made. Only two games for Wednesday night. Yep. But a game that happened Tuesday and a game that got kind of out of control in the first period, five goals scored in the first period, um, Edmonton Oilers, LA Kings. Mm -hmm. And the Oilers just came out game five at home and just obliterated the Kings right from the get-go all over them. It was close after the first period. It was 3-2, but ended up with a Oilers victory 6-3 by the end of the game. And for me, um, this was this was a game changer because this was the game where I actually saw some of those depth players step up and, and start producing. Nick Bukestad gets two goals. Uh, Matthias Ekholm gets two assists. Darnell Nurse mm -hmm. is chipping in with two assists. Brett Kulak, uh, Brett Kulak a, a goal as well. Cody yeah. CC, Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, all those guys chipping in with some yeah. assists too. Um, you mentioned Bukestad, right? Because he got yeah, two. Yeah, two two goals. Um, everybody for the Oilers, they were they were flying out. They they, mm -hmm. they created and used their speed through the neutral zone perfectly, entering uh, you know zone entries to perfection as well, and finding all of those guys some great deflections in front of the net right off of Zach Hyman's face uh, yeah. for one of the goals. So yeah. you know, It'll however leave. you can get it, you can you'll, you'll take it however way, but. For sure. Oilers dominate game five at home. And Corpusalo just needs to be so much better. This Kings team brings in Corpusalo to be the guy. And yeah, he has limited playoff track record. So can you really blame the guy? But this is what happens at this time of year when you have eggs laid by important pieces to your team. Mm -hmm. And yes, he is going up against the best offensive group in the league. And that's clear. But when the Edmonton Oilers start to roll four lines and yeah. get effective offensive play from all four lines, Evander Kane gets going. Like you mentioned, Hyman, literally almost every single line chipping in offensively yeah. and effectively. My goodness, they even go back to Jeff Skinner after a rough performance and he bounces back. You know what I think about this Edmonton Oilers ceiling, steal. So I think when I see a performance like this, and yes, still three goals against, they got to tighten up defensively because the next round is not going to be as loosey-goosey, if you know what I'm saying. These games are going to start to tighten up and get real chippy. So I think the Edmonton Oilers, you're starting to see them really hit their stride. And 
I just I'm excited to see what happens in game six, because I really do think they're going to brush aside the Kings in game six. Yeah, uh, for, for me, whoever wins this series is probably going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So it's either going to be Whoa. Edmonton or the LA Kings. The LA Kings look very dangerous. And, and, Adrian and Kempe me, is so nasty. He's so good. And, and yeah. Alzheimer Kopitar hasn't lost a step in the offensive mm-hmm. zone. He's incredible, too. Yep. But, for, you know, talking about Jonas Corposalo, I've, I've really liked watching him in this series, actually. I mm-hmm. thought he's played excellent the entire series, except for Game 5. Agreed. That was his only That was his only bad game. Agreed. Even in Game 4, he let in five goals against but i thought he played stellar made some absolutely incredible saves mm-hmm. used used his athletic ability going from uh you know one post to the other and making some very clutch stops down the stretch but yeah you know for, to me i think jonas corposalo has been the better goalie out of you know the battle mm-hmm. of Stuart skinner and, and, and himself but right now the oilers find themselves up three two in the series when with a chance to close hey. out go to round two What's the old saying, Steele? Defense wins championships, except when you got the best offense in the game. Because seriously, these Edmonton Oilers might just be that good offensively to make up for some poor back-end performances Mm -hmm. from the blue line and the goaltending. And what's really scary and perhaps the most exciting if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, and I know Connor McDavid, you mentioned he popped the two in game three. I don't even think he scraped Connor McDavid level play yet. And maybe he, yeah. maybe him and Leon are going, you take round one and I'm going to take the rest because Leon Dreisaitl <laughs> as you know, we don't need to say anything about how good he's been. My goodness, this team has the benefit of having the two best offensive stars in the world. And I just really think Steele, this team's going to the cup. They're going to the cup. And I, like I just said, if McDavid can go back to what he was doing all year, and I know he hasn't been bad. I'm not trying to say that. He goes back to just skating circles around everybody. My goodness. And especially with Colorado and a little bit of trouble here against the Kraken, that West is wide open for the taking. Speaking of which, why don't we get to big-time bets and talk about those Colorado Avalanche? Yeah, big-time bets. Only two games on Mm -hmm. the schedule for Wednesday night. A couple teams getting an extra night off. I like that little bit. Uh, as we get down the stretch into those later game six, game seven action. But yeah, mm-hmm. Boston Bruins taking on the Florida Panthers, Colorado Avalanche taking on the Seattle Kraken. I'll, I'm just going to rattle all three of my picks off because it's mm. fairly, fairly simple. First pick of the night, I'm actually going with the Kraken on the money line on the road. To me, Alexander Gorgiev has not looked great in this series. I just mm. don't think he's been steady. He hasn't been sharp. You know, they've, they've got two wins uh, under their belt, but I don't think he's been uh, what we saw in the regular season. So I'm a little shaky of Alexander Gorgiev right now, but the Colorado mm. Avalanche don't have Landeskog. They don't have Nachushkin. He's away for personal matters, and they don't have Kale McCarr for game five either. He's out with one-game suspension. So yeah. I'm going with the Kraken on the money line. I like the resiliency and the fighting uh, of adversity going up against the reigning champs, and they've proven that they're not to be taken lightly whatsoever. That's my first pick. Second pick of the night. Going Brad Marchand, anytime goal. He's been great on the power play. He's got three goals so far this postseason. And the Bruins have a chance to close out and clutch this series in the first round. And that's why my lock of the night is the Bruins on the money line. Back at home, TD Garden. Look, You don't need to say much else. (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, you really don't need to say much else because also – Credit due to the Florida Panthers for making a little bit of a little bit of a series here. They took a game. They've looked okay at times. Alex Lyon, obviously, that regardless of how this series ends, he's been a good, great story. 
first pick for me, Bruins puck line. I think they absolutely just mm-hmm. hammer because what's important for this team steal, they got to get out of these first couple of rounds yep. in as little games as possible because we know one of the keys to our success for this team was the ability for those key older pieces to stay healthy. Marshawn, Pasternak, I know he's not older, but Bergeron, Krejci, that's going to be key. So I think every game that they can save is going to be critical for their run to the cup. So I think they dust aside the Florida Panthers tonight in considerable convicting fashion. My second pick, maybe our first side bet of the playoffs. All those points are accurate, and Philip Grubauer is outperforming Georgiev. I can't even deny. But I think Colorado, you're going to see a desperate club. Makar is out. That hit was a little bit interesting because we talked about it. We alluded to the difference between Felino and Makar and the optics on that one. And I don't think we need to break it down more. Mm-hmm. The puck wasn't anywhere near. He drills McCann, their top player. McCann's out. One game, I don't know, maybe should have been two. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that another time if that does come back to burn the avalanche. I just think this if, is going to be... If Michael Buntings was three, Kale McCarr should have been three. I don't care if he is the future oh. in the face of the NHL. Should have been the rest of the series. Okay, we'll talk about that on another episode because I don't know if I fully agree. But anyway, I think this is going to be a battle. And the reason why I like my, my lock of the night the most... Under six and a half in the Seattle Colorado game. Georgiev is going to need to be a lot better. All three of the four games here have gone under the number steal. Only one has gone over the total Mm -hmm. in this series. I think it was game two, it was six three or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, something like that. Grubauer has outperformed Georgiev and he has more postseason experience and it's showing. Give me the under six and a half. That's my lock of the night. I think you're going to see a really gritty performance from both teams ready to push this series in their favor. Yeah, I think so, too. I've got the Kraken on the money line. I think, I, you know what, I'll, I'm with you there on the under in this game as well. You are right. It's three Appreciate out of four that. has been under the game. So I'm going to add that in the parlay. Let us know how all of your bets go out there. And if you parlay any of these picks together, thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Again, make sure you're tuning in the rest of the week and the rest of the postseason as we break down every first round, second round, third, and Stanley Cup finals mm. at the end. Uh, whoever's lifting the, up the cup. And again, thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there, and we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Viva Italia!